the fight talk podcast um yeah as you lot can probably tell anyone that watches power i've just uh just finished the finale so it's always sad when a good show comes to an end but um should have probably ended two years ago to be fair i am back in a hotel um it's a proper shit one to be fair travel lodge fucking hell i'm in um some place near ambry or something and Stonehenge is down the road. So I thought, while I'm here, I might as well go and see Stonehenge. What a fucking... It's, it's proper shit. What an anti-climax that was. It's just loads of rocks, isn't it? I know it's in the name, but... I thought it was going to be some big fucking... Really impressive... Maybe I was going to have a moment of clarity when I looked at it. It's just fucking rocks, mate, that someone's piled up a few years ago. Like, I don't get the fascination with it. I've got a demo site down the road. We could have done that. We could have stacked up some rocks. And fucking misshaped. They're not even in a nice shape. I don't get it. Weird. But, um, yeah, maybe I should do a bit of history and understand why, they, why they're so impressive. But, weren't that impressive to me. But, um, yeah. Just going to have a little bit of a talk about certain things. It's been quite a busy week for news. Um, you know, boxing itself has uh, been quiet. But we had the first matchroom show of the year. In England, at the weekend, the Sheffield show, Kel Brook beat DeLuca. Terry Harper won the world, the world title, which I thought was it was quite impressive. I tweet you don't have to be really into women's boxing to appreciate what her and Steffi Ball have achieved, and it's true. I think it was a year ago she worked in a chippy. I mean, fucking hell, you know what I mean? If boxing changes lives, it does. For all the shit that I say about it and. We all say about it, it does change lives and you can't argue and you can't complain when you hear a story like that, you know what I mean? It's, it's unbelievable that the, the stories it chucks up in boxing, they're seconds to none. Some of the things that come out, you know, you just can't write that shit. So, no, it was impressive. And then obviously the uh, probably the biggest talking point has been the Dave Allen, Dorian Darch fight uh, simply because apparently it's being investigated by the British Boxing Board um, with regards to fight fixing. Um, listen, I get it. I get why people fought it. Dave Allen in the first two rounds pretty much just didn't throw a lot. He was... His hands were down. It was. I, I didn't enjoy watching it, if I'm honest. And Dave, I've known Dave a long time. I don't really have a bad word to say about him, but I didn't enjoy the performance. And in the third round, he sort of stepped up a little bit and Darch went down easier than we've seen from him previously, which I guess is why the, you know, the accusations are being thrown about. For me, uh, apparently Dave was shouted at to step on it by, by a couple of people around him. And listen, don't forget we've seen it before with David Hay when he'd done Audley that sometimes fighters can get it to a specific round. It doesn't necessarily mean the fight was fixed. I guess... He, 
you could say he was working on one or two things. It's difficult. I don't think it for a fight of that, you know, that small level, it, it, you know, in a fight he was going to win anyway, I don't think you'd take the risk. I don't think there was any foul play. But I, I do get that it looked a bit dodgy and it wasn't, listen, it wasn't a good fight, was it? Let's let's be honest. There's no, there's no way we can sit here and say anything. But, but it is what it is. I think Dave would have always won that fight. And... You know, Dorian Darch was always there to be to be beaten and take the beating one way or another. So it is what it is. Um, we've had the Daniel Dubois and Joe Joyce press conference, um, and it brought up something that I actually think is a good talking point. Daniel Dubois is not the person I thought would would raise this topic in my head, but here we are. He said to Joe Joyce's mother who is registered blind, he said, I'm going to save, because you're blind, I'm going to save you witnessing your son getting knocked out or sparked out or, or something like that. The words to that effect where people since then have not been very impressed with it. And listen, smack talk can go quite far sometimes. Sometimes it's uh, it, it's borderline and crosses the line, but you know, what do we want from these guys? They're in the hurt business. And, all right, it's not ideal that he said something to, to Joyce's mother about her disability. It's not great. But, you know, it, she did put herself into the conversation by asking him a question about pulling out or something of words to that effect. But the, the topic that is raised in my head, what's too far? What, what What is too far when it comes to smack talk? O'Hara Davis coating off the entire city of Liverpool. David Hay saying the fight with Audley Harrison was going to be as one-sided as a gang rape. You know, where do we draw the line? Mike Tyson saying that, right, it was to the to the fucking journalists, but he said, I'll fuck you till you love me, faggot. He said to Lennox Lewis, I'll eat your children. But he's still revered and loved and thought of very highly. And most people forget about that kind of stuff when they think about what he did in the ring so yeah what's too far when it comes to smack talk I think in all honesty it comes down to personal opinion what you like there'll be people that don't like dark comedy for example me I'm all right with it what's said in the heat of battle or in the build-up to a battle of a man you're going to fight with I, I don't think there should be many limits I, re I really don't and I know everyone won't agree with that but it makes things more interesting. And like I said, Dubois was never the person I thought would come out with something like that. Whether he was told to say it or not, I don't know. But I'm not mad at it. I'm not. And it adds a little bit of spite. It adds a little bit of something extra and a little bit more... Yeah, I guess spite is the right word. And a little bit more... I'm a little bit more intrigued now to see the, the further press conferences and the firmer pre, further press tours that they're most likely to do, seeing as it's a pay-per-view. So it's gonna it's gonna rub people the wrong way, and I guess people who, again, it's the same as what I was saying with Umar um, Umar Ahmed when he's about the Liverpool stuff. If you're, if it's close to you and you're affected by it, you'll probably be pissed off. People that have got disabilities or family members have, you know, a blind or anything like that they'll probably be really fucking pissed off by it. Me, I think it's a part of the fight game. And maybe it shouldn't be. Like I said, maybe it shouldn't be. But anything that adds a little bit of intrigue and excitement and a little bit more spite to a fight, I'm okay with. Because 
I don't think it's meant maliciously. I don't think it's the kind of thing Dubois would say to anyone walking down the street. Or do you know what I mean? That's it's in the it's in the heat of battle. A man he's going to go to war with. So yeah, my 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 thoughts on smack talk. There's very rarely I've heard any fighter say something where I thought maybe that was crossing the line. I don't know. I don't know. People will have their opinions on it, and it'll be interesting to know. What people have thought. I mean, the David Hay one is pretty bad. It, it, it's not great, is it? Going to be as one-sided as a gang rape. And then, <laughs> then he was asked about it on Sky News. And he was like, yeah, that's what I said. You know, I didn't mean it. But I didn't mean it in a bad way. But that's that's how I feel. It's going to be as one-sided as a gang rape. And, you know, a lot of people didn't like that. But I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get why people can get upset by things that one fighter will say to another or their family members when we're happy enough to watch them punch fuck out of each other for 36 minutes like can 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 words really offend us more than watching two men beat fuck out of each other yeah it's a weird one but that's 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 my thoughts on it so um first interview of this episode is another different way of doing it um do you know what i'm feeling after last week's episode i'm feeling pretty revitalized pretty re-energized and enjoying talking about boxing again and i had some feedback um and it's just about conversations for me man i just really enjoy talking (laughs) um but talking to people and interacting with people and for as negative and a horrible place as social media can be like boxing twitter is a fucking great thing like we've spoken about this before the meetups we've like done a few times and you know just but just the interaction with people and the relationships you forge with people from having a common goal of enjoying a sport it's it's pretty mad you know it really isn't the love and fucking respect that we all got when, since we've been doing fight talk from from people and they they know who they are and they've you know they've fucking they followed and they they uh, they was with us man like they they supported they bought stuff they came to the things like the the live pod there's there's so many people that I can't thank enough for their involvement and their support that they've given fight talk as a as a whole but me especially because. I didn't come into boxing with any notion of what it would be like. Any idea. I started just me just filming, talking boxing. And then obviously it progressed. And now to the point where people message me and we talk boxing. And it's just, honestly, it's a great thing. And for every one of you that messaged me and everyone that didn't but took the time to listen to to the, the episode I put out last week. Honestly, thank you. So I'm feeling good again. Um, good about trying new things some things will work some things won't I quite enjoyed asking Umar about the veganism even though you know I'm I'm not a fucking vegan myself but I kind of want to get a little bit more different content Um, and you know Isaac talking about not being able to get a visa to move out to Miami permanently and you know Jorge Rubio not quite understanding that and those kind of things like different stories not not just about the boxing. The boxing is an important side of it, obviously. But I think I'm going to start asking a little bit more obscure questions. And 
just random stuff that I'm a little bit interested in that isn't necessarily just house training who you're fighting. Um, even though the interview that is coming up now is probably 95% that kind of interview, but it's done in a different way. It was done through uh, voice notes on WhatsApp. So I don't know if it works, but I'm going to try it and I'm going to put it on and see how it goes down. So this was the English middleweight champion, Linus Yudofia. I managed to speak to him today via <laughs> via voice notes and WhatsApp on, on WhatsApp. So I'm going to play them out now and hopefully it comes comes through nicely and yeah let's see how it goes what's happening line it's Yudofia. uh let's see how this goes man we're trying this voice notes because one reason or another time permitting scheduling and that we couldn't get a phone call in with um availability and shit so it is what it is let's see how it goes hopefully this comes out all right it should do it might even be fucking clearer than a phone line to be fair um, but yeah, man, how you been? You good? You're the, you're the English middleweight champion. Um, you know, you've been working for a long time for, towards that now, 15 and 0. That title around your waist. I mean, how does it feel? How have the last couple of months been? They've been surreal. Have you, is it, is it now normality that you're, a, you know, you're, you're a title holder and more people up and down the country know who you are and you're probably a target for certain people? How you feeling? Um... Yeah, how's it going, man? I'm really good. I'm really good. Just been enjoying, um, just been enjoying, you know, the fruits of, you know, being a champ now. Yeah, I've been working for a long time, and um, we're, you know, I mean, we've done it. We're here. We've done it. We grafted. We got the prize, and now, you know, we we go about the formalities of, you know, defending the title and moving on to something bigger and better, depending on what, you know, opportunities arise. Um, yeah, it's all good. It took a while to set in. You know, I, you know, I going through. I was going through a lot of things before the fight, and um, it, it just, you know, what I mean, it just, it did take a lot of time to, for me to understand that this is who I now am and where I am in my life. So, you know, it was, it's, you know, it was a good thing. It was a really um, moment of clarity when it all came through, and I was like, you know what, I've won. You know, what I mean, it's crazy. I've won. And, um, I mean, I've got the English heart and I'm the champion now. And, you know, it does, it does, you know, I mean, I feel like I'm a champ and I carry myself like I am one. So, it's good. I feel good. Yeah, that is good. And you've worked hard for it, mate, so no one can say you can't deserve it. Um, it's a, listen, it was a really tough fight with Tyler Denning. Some people thought it could have gone either way. It was really close, you know. How, how have you found the, um, the reaction of the people of Luton, um, you know, you're now the second English champion in the space of a couple of months. K Prosper picked one up against, um, fuck me, mine's gone blank. He drew with him first and he beat him. I can't remember his name now. Embarrassing. And I can't even check because I'm on my phone. Sam, what is it? Sam, Sam, Sam. Ah, oh, bollocks. Name's gone. He'll come back to me later. Anyway, so you're the second uh, English champion out of Luton. What's the reaction been like? How have you found... You know, has it been different? You know, you go to a lot of Luton games. You got a big Luton following, um, and it's a town there that were crying out for some someone to support in the in the boxing ring. You got boxing Luton that are just mad. <laughs> JP, shout out JP he gets behind everyone from Luton, um, and with yourself and Kay now and a lot of the other guys on the way up. Have you noticed a big a big difference? A big you know a big what's the word I'm looking for? I guess just people accepting you more you know obviously you get young boxers and stuff and 
that's always nice to know. But you, you know, you're a legit guy. You're not. You're no longer just a prospect or a contender. You're the English champion, and people up and down the country know you. So yeah, I was just wondering if you've if you found the people of Luton have have noticed and sort of given you more props, maybe. Sam Amazon, for fuck's sake! I was only at both fights. Fucking hell. No, I'm sitting here shouting, Sam Amazon, Sam Amazon. Um, yeah, no, um, it's been fantastic, you know, with the reception. I wouldn't use the word accepting, but, you know, notoriety that I've gotten from it has been amazing, you know, I can't really, I can't really fault it. It's been absolutely amazing, everyone's just been on my case, and just, you know, it's crazy. And also, you know, obviously, a massive, massive shout-out to Joe you know, boxing Luton, all the stuff he does off his own back. And, you know, I mean, and he deserves so much credit because, you know, without people like him and yourself, you know, we're talking fight talk days, we wouldn't be, you know, as spoken about or we wouldn't have the content that we, we need. And, um, yeah, so, you know, again, thank you. A big shout out to JP Smith from uh, Boxing Luton. And also, yeah, so, you know, after this fight, I've always, you know, I've been to the games. I've always been recognised at the games. But now I'm walking down the road after I've had a haircut. Someone come up to me, oh, Linus, how you going, man? Oh, I'm a big fan of yours. I, oh, you, pleasure meeting you, man. Let's get a photo. I'm getting that, like, near enough daily. And it's just an amazing feeling to see how everything's just changed. And, you know, things were changing all the time anyway for me. But now it's, you know what I mean? I'm like... I feel like everyone's just knowing me more. Like I'm going to the ground, I'm watching matches, and it's just all the time. It's just constant, which is great. And I love the fact that everyone supports me so much. And you know, it's it's, fan- it's just fantastic. I love it. <laughs> Do you know when I looked it up? First thing I thought, fucking hell! How did I forget Sam Amazon? I interviewed him in the build up to the rematch and everything. And uh, yeah, one of them things, mate. But no, it's it's good because that's what that's the word I was looking for as well. Recognition that people know who you are more and you're kind of putting all right, I don't want to big you up too much but in a, in a way you're putting Luton on the map both of you guys especially you know there's now a professional boxing show coming to Luton in March um, that Kay Prosper's on so it's good things for your town and yeah it's good that you're getting the recognition and you're, and you're, you're spearheading a good a good movement I guess because it'll, it'll get people into the gym more and it'll do it'll do good things for Luton I'm sure um, as regards as regards, that doesn't make sense. With regards to your next fight, you're defending your English title against John Brennan in March. Um, John Brennan boxed and drew with your gym mate, I think, Sean Robinson, for the Southern Area at Light Middle. So you know a little bit about him. Um, why Why is this a good fight for you? I'm guessing it's a voluntary. Um, so John Brennan has been around for a long time. Um, and he's a guy that's, you know, he's, he's always in tough fights and stuff. But obviously there's bigger names out there that are wanting your title and wanting to crack at you. Is it just a case of you would rather, or, or as a team, Goodwin would rather, you know, maybe the bigger fights be on a bigger platform rather than um, one of their famous York Hall shows that you know, all they have unbelievable atmospheres and unbelievable fights on them. Maybe there's not the much as much money in them as there could be for, you know, a big English dust up with yourself and I don't know, maybe just off the top of my head, Felix Cash or someone that's been on Matchroom for a little while. Um, I suppose if they were to go on a Matchroom show, you'd get a little bit more recognition, publicity, and, and more money. Is that ultimately the case? Um, yeah. So you know, um, 
you know, great things are happening for Luton and I'm glad to be, I don't know, part of that, I guess. And, um, yeah, with John Brennan, you know, the, the, the strategy going with that was, he, you know I mean, he's a bona fide fighter. Everyone knows he's, he's made his name in the small hall scene. He's fought a lot of good opponents. He's a very good fighter. You know what I mean? Um, and, yeah, it was a voluntary. Um, it's not unheard of to go that route. But, um, yeah, so the whole thought process of it was, you know, we pick an opponent. The first opponent we had in mind was 11-0. and 0. Can't remember the name too well, but the first opponent we had was 11 and 0 bona fide fighter. Um, you know, what I mean, just difficult, a very difficult. Um, it looked, looked like a very awkward opponent, but they they never wanted the fight um, down here, so we just went on to the next person, and the next person was John Brennan. So, you know, the the angle of that was, you know, what I mean, a tough opponent, good defense, and then see what happens from it. You know, he's a good fighter and. Um, I don't, I'm not taking away, there's a lot of people that want the title, but, you know, I'm now in a driving seat where I've got it, and I can decide what I want to do and where I want to go, and I'm utilising that. I'm not just going to let anyone else tell me where to go, I'm the champ, so I decide what happens and who I fight. That's the, uh, the perks of having the title, isn't it? Did, um, did Denny want a, a, a rematch? Was that ever spoken about? Obviously close fight good fight really good fight for the fans was there any talk of a rematch yeah he's been very vocal about a rematch you know um, <clears throat> he's been very vocal about it right now I don't think it's something that we need straight away um, so we're just gonna move on go for a voluntary and then see where the light you know where, where, the, where the dust settles I'm not saying that that's completely off the cards because it's not I'm just saying right now uh, it's not something that we're looking at. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Are there any other names looking around, you know, domestically that you'd, you you want to test yourself against, whether it's for your English title or even a little bit of a step up for British title in, a, in maybe six months or 12 months, whenever you feel you're ready? Any names that you, you really want to compete against? Um, not really right now, not really. I don't really, uh, I said a long time ago, I don't really look at opponents too much. I kind of just look at what the prize is and which is the title. So not really fussed too. I'm not really fussed, if I'm honest with you. Whoever's there is there. Whatever opportunity is best, I'll take it. So I'm not really fussed right now. That makes sense, bro. It does make sense. So um, hopefully one of them big TV fights comes up for you. And you can you can take your opportunity same way like Luther Clay has for example he you know he got offered a, a good a good fight on a matchroom show got a good victory and then was out again on a on the matchroom show just before Christmas um, obviously you've been on the matchroom undercards so there's a possibility there and I'm sure they'll come there's definitely going to be a, a point where you're you're going to be up there um, fighting for them title fights on television so hopefully they come soon time frame wise. It's got to be within the six to twelve months. I was talking about. Surely, I don't think you're. You can't be far away from those. You definitely can't be. So, yeah, man. I guess you just. What's the plan? Just keep grafting. Hopefully, get one or two more fights in before the the big fights come. Is that the time frame you've spoken about, or is it literally just get these knock off these uh, this voluntary and then see where you are after that? Yeah, literally. You know. Um... Let's get this voluntary out of the way, see what uh, 
see what is available, see what routes we can go down, and so you can see where the dust settles after this, and um, go from there, really. I couldn't tell you what, but I couldn't tell you. All right, cool, cool. Before I let you go, are you always putting on your Instagram some um, would you rather's, all right? So I want to do a couple of them quickly, is that cool? Uh, playing me at my own game. All right, yeah, that's cool, man. Would you rather? You know, just just a disclosure. Just a disclosure. This game is it's, it's just a, it's not you know anything what I think. All I'm trying to do is test your integrity, your logic, and your morals. That's where I just want to clarify. I want people to clarify themselves where they lay, and that they get difficult questions, and that's that's all they are. Just a bit of fun. And um, if you start, you can't stop. All right, off you go. <laughs> that was some serious back check before I've even started, but um, I'm, I don't know what you're talking about. I just want to ask nice questions. Winning the British and Commonwealth title at Kenilworth Road or winning a world title at the O2? Nah, I just got to make sure that everyone knows I'm not a sickhead. But um, no, quick one, yeah, um, easy one, easy one. Kenilworth Road all day long. Um, just to fight at Kenilworth Road would be an absolute dream come true ever since I started boxing, to be honest. So, yeah, the world title is a great accolade, but the sentimental value of fighting at my hometown club is even more, if I'm honest with you. Okay, so Kenilworth Road is the dream. All right. Would you lick Dan Raphael's arse crack? for a fight at Kenilworth Road yeah after he's fucking been to the gym as well <laughs> oh dear lovely alright listen I'll leave you to it thank you for your time my friend always good to catch up even though this is a really 21st century way of doing so but um, it works isn't it it works it is what it is um, Listen, I look forward to the fight. I should be there. I keep telling this to everyone I've interviewed, and they're, they're all fucking fighting in March. So hopefully I'll be at some places in March. Um, but now it's good to talk to you, my friend, and I will definitely catch you soon. Thank you for your time. And everyone can get on and follow your Instagram stories for a bit more fucking severe, would you rather? <laughs> yeah, no, um... It's all good. It's all good. Um, yeah, I appreciate um, again your you know your content and your working with me. I've worked with you since my second professional fight and um, never looked back really. And you know it's not about the channel that we're working under. It's you, Sam, and I really appreciate because I talk to a lot of people. I get interviewed by so many people, and there's only two people. There's only a couple. I'm not gonna name them, but there's only a couple of people that I really enjoy getting interviewed by because it's not an interview it's like a conversation and just talking and catching up and you're one of them so um yeah i hope everything's all right with you and um and yeah take care man and yeah follow me follow me up so yeah that was middleweight english champion linus judofia um some news that's come out today um pretty shocking to be fair didn't see it coming Josh Warrington has left Frank Warren and has now returned <laughs> returned to Matchroom Sports. So he was essentially on loan for a few years. You know, went and won his world title under Frank. Had his stadium show. Um, the the best the best fights of his career. I think I don't think there's any doubt about. You know, obviously he's always been a massive pull in Leeds, and that will probably never change because. You know, Leeds fans are pretty fanatical, and he's their their golden he's their golden boy. You know, which 
it, it's it's understandable, but he's if you look through what he's done since he's been with Frank Selby, Frampton, Galahad, the big fights, you know, the, the big names on his record happened under Warren. Um, I didn't see it coming. All right, the Galahad was a was a very contentious split, but it doesn't change the fact that it happened under Frank. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't really get it. Uh, Galahad's with Matram, and we know Eddie has said previously he doesn't like Matram versus Matram fights. He just he prefers not to do them. I think he'll do them when he needs to and when it makes a lot of sense for everyone. You know, we've seen him do it with Fowler and Fitzgerald and yeah, it had Fitzgerald and Cheeseman, but he prefers not to do them. So I don't know where this leaves. I, I don't know. I don't get it. I really don't get it. Shakur Stevenson was the fight I wanted to see for for Warrington. Can that still happen? Yes, is the the obvious answer. But is it more or less likely to happen now? I don't I don't know the answer to that. You know, it's it's, it's a real difficult one because the the guys that he signed recently from Warren, he's, he he took Liam Smith. And Billy Joe Saunders, they're both with Matram and who were previously with with Queensbury Promotions, and he he hasn't done anything with them either. And it, it's a little concerning. It feels a little bit like he may be signing Frank's top guys just so that Frank's losing out rather than he's pushing them. If you know what I mean. Back like when Chelsea first become billionaires and they bought loads of players who never even played just so the other clubs couldn't have them. Feels a little bit like that, and maybe uh, maybe I'm looking at it the wrong way, but I don't think you know. There's only so many massive fights you can put on a year, and massive events you can put on a year. And Eddie's also said before he thinks the Leeds thing's done. He thinks that they did all they could in Leeds. I don't know where. I'm confused. Obviously, the press conference will be tomorrow, um, and this will be going out after the press conference. So. There will be more clarity on the situation, but from my immediate my immediate reaction is, I don't get it. I don't see the benefits in Warrington moving to another UK promoter. If he wanted a change, fine. I would have thought top rank would have been the the, the you know the ideal match for him and the logical idea, but clearly not. So we'll find out at a press conference later in the week the reasoning behind it. Now joined on the phone by Southern Area Champion Ramiz Mahmood, the math magician himself. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm all good, thanks. How are you, Sam? Yeah, I'm good, mate. All good, all good. Good to be back doing the pod, mate. It's uh, it's a, it's a bit therapeutic for me, so yeah. It's, uh... Yeah, not gonna lie to you, I've missed it a little bit because I, I use it. I listen to it on, on on my way to work, so yeah, I've missed it a little bit. Well, this I'm is one. this is just for you, to be honest. You're the only person that I'm <laughs> I'm making this for. <laughs> How's things, mate? Um, obviously, you've got a, a fight coming up. Not a defence of your southern area, I believe. Nope. Yeah, it's got, I've got a little tick over fight coming up. Um, starting the year, I was we're looking to look at more opportunities at Super Bantamweight. Okay. Um, so ideally, we was looking at ten that uh, ten round fight, as in for an English title eliminator or something along them lines. We went through a couple of opponents um, for one reason or another. It, it just never come off. So, um, we got a little takeover now, and potentially the next fight after this one is already lined up, provided everything goes well. 
Okay, so we've spoken about this many times in the past. Do you have the advantage of being able to make super bantam, even though you're, you know, you're featherweight champ? Um, yeah. So you have two divisions to to compete in if the if the correct fights are there. Hundred percent, yeah. You're you're the southern area of feather. Your gym mate is the southern area at super bantam. Um, yeah. I guess you're both in the same boat. You know, it's quite a a shallow division domestically as such. So it's does that become a problem? You both kind of want to need the same fights. and This is it. I mean, I've got the flexibility of Super Bantam weight or Feather. Uh, my teammate, Ryan Walker, has a flexibility of Super Bantam or Bantam. So he's looking towards opportunities at Bantam weight as well. And between my weights of Super Bantam weight and Feather weight, it's hard because Ryan Balesa holds the English, but he's tied up with Jack Basin at the minute. Um Reed and Brad Foster are fighting for the British, so that's taken at the minute. Then up at featherweight, um, Reese Mould, who holds the English, is down to box Ryan Walsh for the British, but Ryan Walsh is in the golden contract, so that's a mess as well. Oh, fucking so, hell. So the English and the British and the, and the Commonwealth are sort of all tied up at both weights. It's like, where do you go? Where do you go with it at the minute? It's a pain in the ass, man. It is, yeah. So you're having to have these tick-over fights. Yourself and Ryan, I think, are on the same bill, aren't you? Yeah, me and Ryan are both in the same bill, yeah. And as I said, hopefully everything goes well in this bill, and then we've got a decent little contest lined up for the one after, provided everything goes well. Is that uh, an eliminator for a title ra- like rather than a, another title, is it? Yeah, we have to, we have to eliminate because all the titles... Is, yeah, um, there's nothing you can do. It's, it's fun. Yeah, I mean, in, a, in, a, in an ideal world, in a completely ideal world, I, um, I might be heading down to the York Hall next week to have a look at the Lucian Reed fight up close because that would be my dream fight for this year. But especially when you're on the small hall, it's hard to sort of get these fights. You've got to really put yourself in that position yeah it's, it's going to be really hard to to get a British title fight with Lucian Reed or, or, or whoever wins it obviously Foster as well but it is difficult because you're not known on a you know a network or haven't haven't had a fight on it it's, diff- it's really difficult man and from guys making the the jump from small hall to TV is it has to be done correctly because you can't just take any fight 100% yeah but you don't get offered Good fight, like it's, it's a, you know what I mean? It's, it's a real difficult one. Uh, exactly, that is hard, and you got, as you said, you can't just want to jump into one. You got to take the correct one at the correct time. Yeah, yeah, we've seen people take the the wrong fights on television and not come back. The one that always stands out for me will always be Ben Hall. Um, oh yeah. And yeah. listen, I still follow Ben Hall on social media. He was due to fight again apparently in March. Another injury coming up, but since he took that fight with Carson Jones on the Matram Bill at Wembley Arena. You're talking about three years ago now. That, that, that was a long time ago. I can't done it if I made my debut then. If not, I was only like 1-0 then or something. Do you know what I, I mean? Remember, I remember it was ages ago. Yeah, and it just it just showed... Listen, you can't... I guess you can't put it all down to one fight. Like, obviously there's other shit outside the ring, but it just stands out to me as a fight that you should never, ever have taken at that stage for a guy who had... One southern area, I think he beat Christian. Uh, what was his name? Adja Adja Gale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ben was a southern area champion when he took that fight, and yeah, it was all wrong for him. And, and Carson Jones sort of has boxed that near sort of the fringes of world level. Wasn't yeah, he? the fringe, the fringes, but he's boxed at beyond British level. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it was unbelievable. So, yeah, I suppose you just have to be patient. You've got a great manager in Mickey Amu. Exactly. That, um, yeah. you know. Look at the positives, 10-0 at the minute. Um, and 
come. Yeah, they'll come. They'll come. You're only young as well. How old are you now, Ramos? 25. 25. Nothing, is it, really? No, exactly that, yeah. So talk to me about your work. You know, I've ne- with all the millions of times we've spoke, I've never really asked how your job affects, you know, being a maths teacher affects being a pro boxer. Do you... Is your training strictly around it, or are you lucky enough that you know it just ha- happened to be at different times? Do you know what I mean? Is it because some guys their gyms only train early mornings and stuff, and that would I don't know. How does it affect you? Um, yeah, the training is is mostly it's always been the same time really. Anyway, that a morning session and an evening session. So I'd wake up literally. I'm up at five a.m. every weekday to to do my first bit of training. Um, straight from there, I go to work. I finish work at about four o'clock every day. Go home, get have a bit of food, get ready, get my stuff ready for the next day, and then go to the gym again in the evening. Um, so training-wise, I do get all the training needed. The only thing that's hard is getting the, the correct amount of resting. Yeah. Which is why I benefited massively in my southern area title fight because that was throughout the summer holidays. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I really did enjoy that. I was sleeping well and everything, and I felt rested um, during the fight. Yeah, because obviously you get a lot of paperwork as a teacher and stuff, don't you? Marking and that kind of stuff. Marking, yeah, it's horrible. So you're sitting there making up your your nutrition, doing your food, and then marking on the other hand. I guess it's a bit of a pain. Yeah, I keep I keep the marking to like a Sunday, which is, which is my rest day. So I do mark on a Sunday and like in bed or something. So I'm still chilling out, and getting it done. Um, but throughout the weekdays, it's more just only at work and the training. Yeah. And, and whatever rest I can get in. What do your colleagues think of it? Do they ever have any of them ever come to your fights? Yeah, a couple of contract fights actually. I had, quite, I had a fair few of them uh, at my last fight. Well, they they love it really. <laughs> That's good. And, 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 and even the even the students love it as well. Even especially a lot of the the kids who get into a lot of trouble as well. Um, they can relate to me on a different wavelength to other teachers. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's different for them as well. But they, yeah, they love it. Well, they know you could smack the shit out of them if they get too naughty. Exactly that. They don't want that smoke. <laughs> they don't want that smoke. <laughs> Uh, um, what did you think of Josh Warrington? I spoke just before I um, I got you on. I did a little, I had a little little talk about it, and this I didn't see it coming. Um, but now the press conference has been. I guess I've come round to it making more sense. At first, I was a little bit um, undecided of if it was a good move, but the American platform with the zone is already there, and Warrington seems to want to box in America, um, and obviously the unification fights. So I guess Eddie does have a better track record in some ways of doing it than Frank. But what what are your thoughts on Warren? And obviously being the same way, it's, uh, I'd like to gauge your opinion. It, it really did shock me that he, that he went back to her, especially considering how everything played out where he left her and then went to Warren and went back to her. But I think Eddie Hearn deep down after Warren had went to Warren, I think Eddie Hearn deep down sort of looked looked at what Warren had done and thought, oh, I really let that one go. Yeah. And now Warren has come back to it with a lot more bargaining power. Um, yeah. So, yeah, now, as you said, now that I think about it like that, it doesn't shock me necessarily because he can go over to America and Josh Warren will take a lot of fans over as well. We, we know he's a massive ticket seller. Yeah. I was in so, Leeds for one of his fights a few years ago. It was actually when um, Dave Allen and Dillian White fought each other. And he boxed, oh, yeah. uh, Warrington boxed Highland Junior. Um, and up to that point, that was a career best performance. And he, the atmosphere was, it was unbelievable, to be fair. He's, he's I guess, the closest we have now to, to Ricky Hatton style fans. Do you know what I mean? 
of course, and you and you gotta give him credit because when he first was come on the scene, I thought he's just a ticket seller. Like, he's gonna get beat at some point. Yep. And, and he's done he's done really well. I didn't expect him to beat um, Selby or Frampton. I've made, I don't think many of us did, and he proved so many people wrong. People that think they know boxing and say we know boxing, and we, you know, he, he, his unbelievable performances against Selby, and particularly Frampton as well. Yeah, I mean, the Selby one. I think a lot. Of, he didn't get enough credit for it. A lot of people put it down to Selby making weight, and let's be fair, he probably was dead at the weight. Yeah, he's but, a lightweight but, now, Selby, isn't he? Yeah, he jumped up two weights. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really thought Frampton was going to take Warren to school. I really did, and Warren did a good job that night. Galahad is the fight, I guess, because Galahad beat him. I mean, it was very, very close. I remember, we. I, I think it was the night before we did a podcast, uh, the live podcast. I think it was actually, yeah. Yeah, so and it was really close. We were saying it and I think Galahad has earned himself another shot, but... He did. Galahad, he actually really good last week, Galahad. I, did, I was expecting him to win, but not in that manner. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult now keeping Galahad happy. Um, and keeping Warren keep happy, yeah. Because yeah. Warren's not going to want to box Galahad again. I mean, there's not much gain for it out of him, but Galahad's there in the mandatory position, so eventually he'll have to. Well, this is what I was saying. Like, Hearn said recently in an interview that he's not keen on putting his fighters against each other. Obviously, for the last couple of months, he's been pushing Galahad hard to get that mandatory slot again to fight Josh. And now... Josh is with him and he wants to fight in America and fucking unify and I don't know where that leaves Galahad to be honest yeah because there's no other there's no other fight that will leave Galahad happy with it unless he can sort of manoeuvre Galahad towards another world title but that's that at world level that's a hard division where do you put Galahad with who's got the WBO is that still Valdez the WBO Shakur Stevenson oh my god Shakur's got the WBO so, so Shakur Stevenson Gary Russell Gary Russell and, yeah because he beat King and, Tug yeah yeah and that that can that can zoo. Yeah, it's fucking hard, isn't it? It's a, it's a, it's a tough old I haven't seen much of that can zoo. I've seen one of his fights, but not not the best. But he's just relentless. Yeah. Threw about fifteen hundred punches in his last fight. It's fucking crazy, man. It's Warrington has that in his in his arsenal. I think he can match. He can, he can match work rate. He can and um. He can, yeah. Yeah, this, I just don't know how you keep Galahad happy. I really don't. It's going to be a weird one. Exactly that. Yeah. Um, what else can we talk about while well, I've got you on? You're a good talker, so I like to get you on about other Keep shit. You know, some guys, I just get them on and talk about them, but I like that you actually have boxing opinions. All right, here's one. I spoke about it on my own earlier in the podcast, right? Go on. Smack talking in boxing, right? Right. What is too far? Because I'm, I brought it up because of the Daniel Dubois. Did you see? Yes, exactly that. So give me your opinion on smack talking in boxing about what's too far and is you know what I mean what do you feel about it well I'm I'm generally not a big smack talker myself so I don't particularly like it as such but at the same time I don't mind it to a level with Daniel Dubar um speaking to jo- to Joe Joyce's mum I didn't really mind it so much until I found out she was blind <laughs> or registered blind and I didn't know that and I'm not sure if Daniel Dubar knew that himself did he know that yeah he did he did. Oh, did he know that? Well, okay. I, I haven't seen him say the words, I knew she was registered blind, but yeah. he brought it up because she, it started, she said, Daniel, if you get sick, are you going to put out the fight? I didn't really understand where that came from. Yeah, yeah, but a, bit, he, a, a weird question. <laughs> he replied instantly, listen, I know you can't see your son, so I'm going to save oh. you the seeing your son yeah. knocked out. So, fucking hell. Yeah, that, I think that's a bit far. I think, I think with, with, with Smack 
football. I think if you're talking anything about the boxer, you can. I think there's no there's sort of no limits there. Say what you like to the boxer, but I think when it comes to a parent or a family member being involved, in, I think that's taking it too far. Yeah, see, I'm. I like. I make the point. How can we be offended by words? But we're not offended by two men punching each other's heads in for thirty-six minutes. This is it. To be fair, I don't get overly offended by him anyway. But yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not offended when, uh, by it. Yeah. Is that when um, I can't remember what it was. There was, it was this guy sports actually who apologised for a near swear word. Oh God, yeah. I can't remember what it was. It was last week. It was last week. Last week. I can't remember who was talking, but yeah. It was Terry Harper. It was Terry Harper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She went, I'm so fu- uh, really grateful or something like that. Yeah. And he went, you know, we better apologise for that. I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. Get a grip, man. It's gone It's gone too yeah. far. But it's past the watershed anyway, so it doesn't really matter, does it? No, nah, well, this is it. This is it. My, my thinking on Smack Talk is it, it, if it's okay to watch two, like, grown-ass men, trained athletes, try and decapitate one another... What can their words really say that offend us? I just don't, I don't understand it. Right. I know it's sometimes close to the mark. And <laughs> Daniel Dubois is not the person I thought that would bring this conversation up. <laughs> yeah, f- f- funny enough, but I think go- going into it, I think they feel a bit pressured. I'm not sure if you were explicitly told to smack talk, but I think because of all the talk, like this, the pressure is going to be boring. One of them thought, they've got me entertaining some way. Yeah. But... Uh, I'm, always, I'm just a believer of if, if, the fight, if the fight's good, then um, it should sell itself. But because yeah. of the I, think, I think they've got to do something for the casuals. I think that's you fair. Can't, you, can't really, you can't really blame them for, for doing it because the, the box people know that it's, it's a great fight and they'll probably tune in, but the casuals don't really know. So they've got to do something to bring that market in. Yeah, I think it's fair. I also think you can see that you, you, you can see the wonders people. Like the, the the way that the career trajectories can m- increase like tenfold by being an outspoken person. Obviously, the one that comes to mind is a Conor McGregor, for example. Conor, Conor McGregor is a phenomenal athlete and a phenomenal fighter, but it's the it's the sound bites and the snippets and the the, the social media memes and things and the little you know that that capture imaginations and they really they really into like they really get you integrated in society in different ways and. That, I mean, Conor McGregor probably wouldn't be the star that he is today without without that. Exactly, exactly. So I, I don't have a problem with it if it can be used to push people's careers. There's been many, many occasions in boxing where people have spoken themselves into fights. Yeah, I mean, who would have known, let's say, who Prince Patel was if it wasn't for that first AFL interview, yeah. for example? Yeah. I thought you were sparring Prince Patel the other day. I saw you uh, post a picture of sparring with someone. I really thought it was Prince Patel at first. <laughs> If I, if I have sparred him before, he's he, he sparred a fair bit before, as that happens. Yeah, is he, um, is he, he's a good fighter, isn't he? He's a good fighter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's, a, he's a good little box. And the first time I sparred him, I was sort of reluctant just because I thought if, if he says anything, I'm, I'm going to kick off. <laughs> but like, in, in person, he's actually good as gold. Yeah, it's just the, the push in these unbelievable titles, I think, that does people's headings. The, uh, yeah, he's, he's taking a, a weird old route. A weird route, mate. When is the last time you saw a British-based boxer take this kind of route? Like, he's I the... I don't, he, think I, I don't think I have, to be honest. He's the pugilistic champion of Tanzania. Like, I know you've always wanted that title. Like, don't be jealous, but... The African champion. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, mate, 
it's crazy. It's re- it's really crazy to me. But, but um, at the same time, it, it, I think he got him a good. He got him a good little payday on the, on the Amir Khan and the card. And if he if he won that fight, which he didn't, I mean, who knows where he could have been? Yeah. I mean, in, in a weird in a weird way, if he won that fight, he could have managed to probably get himself into one of the fights with a, a top at the top of the bantamweight division. I mean, it's a scary division anyway. So yeah. maybe for maybe for the best, it wasn't. But. Sonny Edwards is the is the one that wants to fight him. Sonny's a super fly, and he really, or a fl- well, he, he, he can make fly as well, can't he? Yes, um, but that's the fight that I think. I my thing with Patel is keep talking as much as you want, honestly. But at some point, you need to fight someone we care about. Well, like, he's been on Twitter having sort of back forth with young James McCann as well. Ah, right? oh, yeah, that. yeah, I did see that. Dennis said, "Send the offer, or I will send you the offer." Dennis is a good fighter. Cracking little fighter, cracking little fighter. He's a very good fighter. Yeah, he's a, he's he's um yeah he's down at the eye box, isn't he? Yeah, I mean I remember the first time I sparred Dennis was when he was an amateur. This was at the start of last year, and it was this was down at Repton. And I thought to myself, I, I did ask I held his shook his hand. I thought he was about thirty years old, so I thought, <laughs> I, can't load up with him. I thought I thought I can't load up with him. He's, 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 a, he's a young amateur. Anyway, I've come out. I'm not gonna load up. He's come out and cracked me with about four shots. Like, fuck <laughs> me, what's going on here? <laughs> and after, after the, he was like, "Oh, yeah, I'm eight-time national champion, 18 years old. It's gonna turn pro." Like, fair enough. Yeah, well, he's a he's a young traveller, isn't he? I think he's a young traveller lad. Yeah, he is. And yeah. um, we know them them traveller boys can fight, man. They're brought up fighting, and when they when they when they box, uh, that's what I've always found crazy. So many of the traveller boys are beautiful boxers. Like, for all that they, we know, they love fighting, they love a brawl and stuff. They are. They really take the art of boxing, some of them, and really run with it. Like, this is it. And, and, and the mad thing is, if, if you see them in the amateurs, like, they're unbelievable. So many of them just, just like, just disappear yeah. before, before they get to turn, turning over. Yeah. Get the, the life the life gets in the way, doesn't it? The, yeah, it's, it's crazy. But you think Tyson Fury, Billy Joe, Andy Lee, Dennis McCann, even John O'Donnell, guys that were just, just real slick, lovely moving boxers. Yeah, I mean, I, I spied this one kid recently who was a former pro called Michael Maguire, and as an amateur, um, he was probably just as good as Tasfiri and Bijou Saunders. He's the most talented boy that I've sparred. He was training with Ben Davidson at the time, but just doesn't live the life, and he's sort of disappeared as well. And Crazy, isn't it? It's just a shame to see someone that talented. I mean, in terms of talent, he's up there with the Saunders and Fury, but just doesn't live the life. Crazy, isn't it? What a waste. Yeah. Um, right, last couple of little things to fly over. Go on. Isaac Chamberlain signing with Mick Hennessy. Good thing or bad thing? I'm, I'm glad to see Isaac Chamberlain back. Um, I don't know, it depends on how consistent Mick Hennessy is with, with his shows, to be honest. Because he pulls up a few shows in Channel 5 here and there, but he's, uh, it's hard. It depends on how, how much Mick Hennessy is putting into it. I mean, he's got a good fight. With um, Peters and um, Spider, that was mate. I can't believe he got that fight. Um, I can't believe it either. Crazy. I mean, if if he can get a few good shows going and keep Isaac busy and then develop Isaac as the next star, then I could I think it'd be a very good move. Yeah, if he can, yeah, if he can anchor his shows to Isaac, twenty five years old, cruiserweight, known a name in the country, in not in the country, in boxing, people know the name. Um, it, yeah. And then getting onto terrestrial telly, and it, I think you're a hunt, you've hit the nail on the head. It needs to be regular, not shows here and there. If we can get him out regularly and make him a face of Channel Five, yeah, him and be, whoever. Yeah, to be fair, I think maybe the lack of consistency is because he hasn't had that 
to push for the shows. Yeah. So now that he's got, now that he's got as a, maybe he's got that boxer who can headline them all the time. Yeah. Key mat, matching him is going to be key. You know, obviously he's going to be at a undercard. He's got an eight rounder, I think, in the yeah, in Coventry. Need to check off the rust. He's been out a little while, so maybe two fat shake off the rust, then then a ten rounder, and then start jumping in with with some good names. Yeah. One man that isn't shaking off the rust. He's coming straight back in after 14 months. The press conference is tomorrow, but by the time I put this out, it will have already been. So the fight isn't announced as of right now, but it will be by the time this goes out. Yeah. Lou Clay, Chris Congo. Yeah, and funny enough, I was speaking to Jimmy Mac Jr. the other day, and he, he mentioned that fight as well. How good is that uh, fight? It's a really good fight, and to be fair, I, I really, really rate Chris Congo. I think he wins that fight, and I'm... I'm just glad that he's managed to get an opportunity like that because he's too good to be sitting on the shelf. Yeah, that's that was that's exactly my point. Like Chris isn't a talker. Like even when I interview him, like last week on the pod, he's just not a talker. He's a, he's a very, you know, straight to the point. Um, but I've been in that gym where he's been sparring, um, and he he's he's class man. He is so talented, um, and I've seen him bash up some boys in that gym that are they're titleists. Do you know what I mean? He's He's unbelievable, Chris Congo. He, he, he's a good fan. And, it, and it's a shame that just the, the politics of boxing have kept him out for this long. Because yeah. he was meant to box for a southern area a year and a half ago or something like that. Well, yeah, so he was meant to be yeah. boxing Louis Gr- He had, mate, to be honest, he had about four fights fall through. Um, and the last one was the Tyro Nurse fight on, a, it, on yeah. a Mo Pryor card, that was. And was, was it him that was meant to fight the fella that boxed Conor Ben on, on an undercard? Pain Yep, he was supposed to box Cedric Payno on one, yeah. on one of the bills and the fight didn't happen. Like, he's been cursed. And how he doesn't fucking let it affect him, I'll never know, mate. Honestly. It, it's just a good mindset, isn't it? And hopefully it's like a sort of coming up fight for him. Like, I really do want him to win this one, to be honest. It's it's so hard to say. Like, I, I love Chris and I've known him for years, but I, Luther Clay, I've got nothing but love for Luther Clay as well. Like... Yeah, he took his chance. He's one of them guys. Yeah. Got offered the fights on Sky, took them and run with them. You yeah, know. I mean, um, we spoke about small fighters, um, bo- boxing and not and taking the wrong fights. Like on paper, him going to was it Italy? He went to. He went to Italy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on paper, him going to Italy, like on paper, that was the wrong fight to take. That that was him going just to get bashed up. Yep. And it, and fair play to him. He, he he done it. He done well, and now he's. Then he, then he headlined the, he headlined, not, no, he headlined, but he was on the next he, he was, there. yeah, he beat Freddie Kewitt on the, um, I can't remember who headlined that, actually, I was there as well. Yeah, it was next, he didn't headline, but it was, yeah, um, I can't, I can't yeah, remember. Same show that, Spider Drew? Uh, yeah, Spider Drew and Reactpour and, um, Massey, Jack yeah. Massey, yes, that was it. But, yeah, no, I like, and Luther Clay's got some bollocks for taking this fight, because, if we're being honest, it's probably a lose-lose. Like, he's, he's not going to get recognition for beating Chris. He's and... not going to get the recognition that he would massively deserve for beating Chris. Like The people that don't know this fight, like I, they'll probably go, oh, yeah, I've heard of that, Congo. I've heard of that, that, that Clay. But this is a fucking cracking fight, man. It's, it's, it's not going to get the credit it deserves, which is a shame, really. I, it, I just hope he gets a good TV stop. It's the same night as uh, Pitters and Spider. March 28th in Coventry is Shakan against Spider and Isaac Chamberlain on it and then 
Avon Aysen and Josh Kelly with this on the undercard is 28th at the O2. Oh, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a clash of shows then, isn't it? Fuck. It's a shame because they're, they're two good fans and they're going to clash. Yep. It's a shame. What do you make of the of the Avon and Josh Kelly fight? I'm going to say it. I hope Avon Aysen wins. Right. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me at all. Josh Kelly, when he burst onto the scene, I was fucking well impressed with him doing these eight left hooks in a row and flashiness and that. And then the more his career's progressed, I just think he's all style, no substance. I don't know if he can bang. I don't know if what he does is even effective anymore. And when he goes up against better level opposition, it may be completely and utterly pointless. Listen, I might be proved wrong. He might dance fucking circles around David Avanasian. Uh, yeah, I think I think from a stylistic point of view, uh, is is David Avanasian is is suited to Josh Kelly's style, but it's got is a case of if can Josh Kelly sustain that for twelve rounds? Yeah, and that's the big question. I'm not sure if he can. Yeah, because the Roy Robinson was stylistically horrible for, for Josh Kelly. I think David. David Avenisi might play into his hands a little bit, but I just wish we shocked David Avenisi was just too relentless for him. Yeah, I, I like, um, he's with Carl Greaves as his trainer. I like Carl a lot, and they've been, you know, he was a world titleist. He won a world title, WBA title he won. He boxed, he boxed Mosley, didn't he? He boxed Mosley, um, and I think he lost it to, was it Lamont Peterson? That was it, yeah. Yeah, so, Peterson. listen, he's been in big fights, man, and he's a, he's a guy that, He's kind of not. He, I suppose he is under the radar, especially in this country. Yeah, I think he is. And funny enough, is on paper is a better fight now than what it was when it was meant to happen the first time. Yeah, that's true. Because he he went and beat um. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, Lecharago in Bilbao. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah, he fucked. He fucked him up twice. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so. And, and then uh, the match was shown in Spain and won again in the round. So. He's on good form. Yeah, he is. He is. Yeah, no, some good fights coming up. Um, March is going to be really busy. You're out. You're on the seventh or the fourteenth. The fourteenth. You're on the fourteenth. There's an um, that fight is now that sorry that show has now got three seven area title fights. Yes, yeah, they announced one today. Today. Um, that was a weird uh, one. That's a weird one. Lopez and Martel. Yep. And there's, there's one more title. It's a really good show. It is one really more title show. fight is actually Davis Pagan. Davis Pagan. That's it. Challenging for the. The title Brad Paul's just vacated. Yeah. The Southern Area Middleweight. Yeah. Yes, that, that's, that's a good fight in itself. Yeah. That's a good fight. It's a good fight. Davis is a good... He's a really good lad. I I was struggling to see how we'd get a Southern Area title fight because he's a, he's a light middle. He's not a middle. But this opportunity's come up against Sean Phillips. Yeah. I, 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 suppose, I suppose it's probably a more winnable fight for him against Sean Phillips than it would be against Dino. Yeah, yeah I, I would say so. It's... um. Listen, Davis is meant to be on this episode, but I let him down last night. I fucking I let I let you both down. I was meant to talk to you and him yesterday, and um, I was fucked, mate. Honestly, I just I was I weren't really I was a bit unwell. I fell asleep and fucking slept from like five p.m. till about ten eleven p.m. It's pretty fucked. It's one of them, de- them days, isn't it? I hope it's not coronary. Do you know what I mean? Mate, might have to. It's coming. But um, now nah, listen. I, I think it's a good fight. It's it's a good show. It's a good show. And I'm going to try and actually work out my diary for March and where I'm going to be when. Because I can't keep telling everyone I speak to, I'll be at your fight, mate. <laughs> a, lot, a, lot, a lot's happening because there's three your cool shows in a row and then you've got 
the Coventry one, you've got the match dream one, and there's a lot happening in March. Yeah, there is. I swear there was one more as well. Um, do you match have Manchester as well? Manchester, maybe. Quick, quick, and... Quick and John O'Carroll, yep. Yeah. Mate, busy time. Busy, yeah, busy time. Busy month, yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah, all the quiet time in January, and then March is too many shows. There's more shows than weekends. Yeah, to be fair, though, I hate the quiet time. I'd rather just, just be busy, to be honest. Yeah, next Saturday, we've got Wilder Fury 2. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's that as well, yeah. Mate, that's crazy. That In a weird way, that's gone under the radar, isn't it? Like, yeah, I thought they were trying to do a bit more promotion with it. Yeah, Tyson Fury's got a TV show on ITV that they're covering him. I suppose that will... Be a last a big push in the last week, but I suppose so, yeah. Yeah. In fact, Farrell's got a show um, leading up to it. That's a Foster and Reed show with um, Umar Sadiq. Sadi- yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, a, that's a good fight, a hard fight for Umar, but I hope Umar wins that. Yeah, really good fight. I hope Umar comes through that. Um, final word in one word: Wilder or Fury? Fury. All right, Rames. Thank you for your time, my friend. I can't believe that was half an hour, mate. That, go, that was so was that? quick. That was half an hour. Was it? I think I'm going to get you on regularly, you know that. I think you speak, <laughs> you speak more sense than I do. You're, um... And who needs Richie now? <laughs> Richie, even. He forgot his name. <laughs> There's the proof. Who needs Ricky... What was it? Ricky Gay or Ricky something like that. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> Quality. Ramez, thanks for your time, my friend, and I shall speak to you soon. Thank you very much. Speak soon. Bye, mate. Cheers, yeah, moving forward, I'm 100% going to get Ramez on regularly. That guy is a. Not only do I love him, but he is clued up on his boxing, man. He knows the small hall scene as well as I do. He knows the big fucking fights. He knows the little weights, which I'm sometimes not great on. And he speaks so well. I mean, he is a motherfucking teacher. And he brings the, the class of the podcast up a little. You know what I mean? I, I lower it with my West London tones. And he brings it up nicely with his intellectual, very well-spoken mannerisms and accent. So, yeah, I'm going to get Ramazan more often. I don't think anyone could be disappointed because the guy is a fountain of knowledge, a good dude. He's a fucking title holder. Only only I could get like a Southern Area champ on regularly. You know what I mean? That's the pool that I have because I'm a face in the small hall. I don't know if you know. That was that was that was really cringy actually. So no, but in all honesty, he's a he's a proper good lad, and I like the way he talks about boxing. So I'm going to get him on more often. Um, I think that's probably enough for this week. There's nothing I really want to touch on. Um, I won't have time to talk about the press conference for Clay and Congo because this will be going out hopefully the night of the announcement of the fight. But what a really good fight that is! So buzzing for that. Um, and yeah. I want to thank everyone for listening. Really appreciate your time. Um, what else did they say? Oh yeah, hey Siri, tell me about Stonehenge. Stonehenge is a prehistoric monument in Wiltshire, England, two miles west of Amesbury. Want to hear several hundred tumuli? Archaeologists believe it was constructed nah. from three thousand BC to two thousand BC. Nah. This- Shit, mate. Nah. Nah, don't care. It wasn't that good. Alright, thank you very much for listening. This has been the Fight Talk Podcast. I'm out.